welcome back to In the Labyrinth of Death. I'm Finn. And I'm Marina. This week, we're talking about mountain lions. I'm fascinated by mountain lion attacks because when they're hunting you, you may not even know it's there, and then it like launches itself at the back of your head and chomps down trying to like sever your spinal cord for a quick kill. Despite like the relative rarity of being attacked by a mountain lion, I feel like there's always some attack in the news whether the person survives or not. Just this past week, a five-year-old boy named Jack was attacked in California, and both he and his mom fought it off and won. And apparently Jack is injured, but he's going to survive. Now, before we get into it, remember, we're not experts at all of any kind. We just really don't want to die, and we like researching and talking about it. Please listen to the full disclaimer at the end of the episode, and don't sue us. We're just two regular people. All right, the story I'm going to start out with today is a crazy story of survival. It begins around 4 p.m. on January 8th, 2004, in Whiting Ranch Wilderness Park, which is in Southern California. Ann Yella, and I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing her name right, but if not, I'm so sorry, was a former Marine. She was mountain biking on the Cactus Trail with her friend named Debbie Nichols. As they came around a curve, another mountain biker was standing next to an abandoned bike. It was kind of leaning up against a tree. So Ann, who was in the front of the pair, didn't think much about it, and they just continued on down the bike path. And then, like, suddenly, out of nowhere, a mountain lion pounced and actually grabbed Anne by the head. So Debbie gets off her bike, and she actually throws the bike at the mountain lion to no avail. And so, chomped onto her head, it begins dragging Anne into the underbrush beside the trail. So Debbie actually grabs onto Anne's legs to try to prevent her from being pulled away by the mountain lion. Anne later said that she felt no pain at this point, which must have just been crazy adrenaline and that she only felt the power from the mountain lion's jaws. She said, quote, My first thought was, I want to die. You think about that after your face is ripped off. Which is, like, honestly fair and impressively coherent of a thought for being eaten alive by a mountain lion. And luckily, they were not the only people on the mountain, and there were two other mountain bikers who were kind of behind them on the path, and they caught up at this point. And they heard Anne and Debbie screaming, and so they came to help, and they threw big rocks at the mountain lion which at this point still has Anne's head in its jaws, and Debbie's still holding on to Anne's legs to prevent it from dragging her away completely. And eventually, because of the rock throwing and all that stuff, the fight against the mountain lion was successful. It actually drops Anne and then just disappears off into the brush. The other two mountain bikers called 911, but it'd be a full 20 minutes before help could actually get to them. They worried the whole time that the mountain lion would double back and attack the group again, but luckily it stayed away. Anne was airlifted to hospital and went into a five-hour surgery in which she received 2,000 stitches on her face, which I just can't even imagine, because it, it literally, when it bit her face, it ripped most of her face off, like her face skin. And she would have to go through multiple follow-up surgeries to finish reconstructing her face, but honestly, the, the ultimate result was incredible. She does have scars, but she still looks like herself. It's just, it's amazing. And it's really incredible to hear Anne talk because she's, for real, one of the most fucking stoic people I've ever heard talk. Like, Finn and I, we've watched and rattled off stories about animal attacks and other horrible things, but she's one of those people who sticks out because she's just so fucking cool and collected when she's describing this, like, really horrible event that happened to her. She's such a fucking cool lady. If I recall correctly, this lady was on one of the episodes of Something Bit Me. It might have been one of the first episodes, actually. And I think one reason that they theorized that she was a target for this mountain lion was because she was moving really quickly as if she was like their normal prey, right? Like deer, that kind of thing. So I'm wondering if you're just walking, whether you're alone or even better in a group, 
if you wouldn't have automatically been assigned as prey in that mountain lion's like head. Does that make kind of sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. If they were in a group, almost certainly not, right? Right. Unless the animal was starving. But I think it's the rule is like groups of two or more, you're basically safe from mountain lions. And I think I remember seeing that too, that it was like just triggered that instinct. But you remember, she wasn't the first one that mountain lion went after. That's true. The fact that it had already killed a man and it had enough food because it killed a man, it feels highly aberrant to me that it then would have gone after a second prey, right? Yeah, I think in this specific case, you probably would have been fucked no matter what because this was like a fucked up in the head mountain lion. But in general, let's say that it wasn't like a psychopathic mountain lion. If you go slower and are not like your typical fast-moving prey, does that imply that you'd be less likely to be targeted? It does go after, they do go after regular hikers and children, so I don't think it's a guarantee, Okay. unfortunately. So we're going to get into some of the backgrounds and stats about mountain lions. But real quick, depending on where you are, you may hear mountain lions called by a different name. We grew up with mountain lion being the term, but many people in North America call them cougars. In South America, they're more commonly known as pumas. You may also hear them called panthers, leons, Florida panthers, or even catamounts. So are these all the same species of cat, or are they different subspecies, technically speaking? They're all the same species, but there are six main subspecies of mountain lions, although apparently they're all barely different from one another at all. I think it's probably interesting because there are regional names for them. They might correlate loosely to the subspecies. But I don't know if it's necessarily like if you're here, you'd probably call the animal down in South America a puma, even though you're used to calling it. <laughs> no, I had that wrong. I mean, if you're used to calling it a cougar, you're going to call it a cougar probably wherever it is. And if you call it a puma, you'll call it a puma wherever it is. But for the sake of this discussion, since I'm already confusing myself, we're just going to stick with calling them mountain lions because that's just what we're used to. People in the Americas all should know what a mountain lion or a cougar looks like. But just in case you live somewhere else, and they're not native to where you are, and you haven't been exposed to them through media, a mountain lion is like a really big cat, like just literally like a big cat. The male cougars or mountain lions are typically 110 to 180 pounds, and females are almost three quarters at, which is 80 to 130 pounds. They can be anywhere from five to eight feet in length. As far as their coloring goes, they're a uniform grayish tan color, so like beige or sand. And they apparently have the biggest back legs of any feline or big cat. So they jump insanely high. They can literally jump 18 feet, which again is like over double their body length into a tree from a standstill. So without moving or anything like that. 18 feet is really high. I actually just looked it up. That's about as tall as like a regular two-story house. It's like the scene in the beginning of Signs when the alien jumps on the roof. And they're like, oh, it must be like an Olympic jumper or something. Except that this is real life, and it's a mountain lion and not like a fucking alien from a Shyamalan movie. And if they're running, they can jump up to 40 feet horizontally. A 12-foot fence is nothing to them. They can literally also sprint up to 50 miles an hour, so you're not going to actually outrun one anytime soon either. Like most cats, mountain lions are not very social. They prefer to hunt alone unless they happen to be a mother cat and they've got kittens. They're also carnivorous, so they eat mostly deer and things like that although they will go after smaller prey if bigger stuff isn't available at the time. Mountain lions used to be basically all over North and South America, like east, west, basically everywhere except for the top half of Canada where it's just fucking freezing. 
And now they're only in the western part of North America, starting at the Yukon Territory up in Canada, and they go all the way down to the Andes in South America. And in Central and South America, they're found basically everywhere, like east, west, there's only a few little pockets where they aren't. And I think that's because they can live in mountains, cities, even deserts. They're pretty adaptable to basically any situation except where it's like insanely cold. Now, I thought that we had mountain lions over here on the East Coast because I swear I've heard stories because I have family from like the country about them hearing like screams in the night that were like, they, I think they call them panthers, like just screaming because mountain lions will scream like that. But that must have been before they were extinct or it was just another animal. But apparently they've been extinct in the eastern part of the U.S. for quite some time, despite, you know, constantly seeing some scattered reports. Like I found some like footage on next door of someone thinking they saw a cougar, but it was really hard to say. So anyway, take that for what you will. They've been determined to be officially extinct, but I saw some reports that they might reestablish themselves. So I guess it's not impossible that there are a few out on the eastern part of the U.S. too. So are mountain lions solitary animals? I know that they hunt alone, but do they live alone as well? Yeah, they're basically totally solitary animals. They will live together. I think the mothers will keep the babies with them for a couple of years, but unless they're mating or they have babies with them, they just live by their fucking selves. We know that mountain lions have a very large like distribution across the Americas, but individually, mountain lions also have huge territories. One sole mountain lion can have like 500 square miles at the extreme end or as small as 10 square miles. These male territories are usually about twice the size of female territories. Real quick, and I thought this was super cool, but obviously their territories have to overlap, right? Like necessarily. Otherwise, they'd be pretty limited in the ceiling that their species could hit on the continent because they just would, they'd run out of space, be like bubbles. So they do overlap, but only according to certain rules. Male territories do not overlap at all with each other. They don't fucking touch. Female territories can overlap a little bit, but only on the outer edges. But female territories can overlap with male territories or even be contained entirely within them. They're still going to hunt and live independently and mostly ignore each other, though, unless they're actually like mating. Anyway, Mountain lions are mostly nocturnal or crepuscular, which is a word I probably should have known before, but I just learned today for the first time. Nocturnal obviously means that they're active at night, and crepuscular means that they're active at twilight, although mountain lions have also been known to come out sometimes during the day. When they're hunting, they tend to stalk their prey or hide waiting for like the right moment to pounce, basically like what a, like a house cat would do. And when they attack, they're going to attack from behind biting their prey on the head and neck and trying to sever the spinal column with one bite. So if they're nocturnal, how do they find the animals to eat? Because ostensibly, the deer or whatever shit that they eat go fuck off and hide somewhere, right? Are deer nocturnal? Do we know that? I feel no, I'm like... saying a deer are diurnal right no dude when we go walk the dogs at dusk they're all over the fucking place in the neighborhood when you're driving at night you don't hit deer in the middle of the fucking day you hit them at twilight that's like primo hunting time that's because they're, they're looking for their bed <laughs> no you don't think they like on mass migrate to bed no they're just out i we should look it up i'm willing to bet that they are crepuscular at a minimum or maybe nocturnal but what about the rest of them though it's not just deer I think a lot of animals are nocturnal, especially in like the fucking mountains, or they can live in the deserts. Like, 
the fact that the mountain lions are awake at this time means that their prey probably is too, right? By, by like necessity. I don't think they're finding like hidden treasure troves of sleeping animals that they're just dragging off and eating. Well, no, I feel like if you're a predator, you want to be in the opposite sleep schedule because you can ambush them. But it's probably not as easy to find them. Remember, like the predators are going to be like focused in on like the movement kind of thing. If a deer or another animal has hidden itself really well, you may not find it as easily. It's just seeing it like wandering out and seeing the movement. How good are they at seeing movement, especially from far away? Are there any articles about that? I didn't look into it, but I would be shocked if they didn't have excellent vision because they're fucking cats. They're large predators. And this, this is what they do, right? They hunt fucking deer and shit. And they even go after smaller rodents. So we can look it up, but I would be surprised if they didn't have like fucking hawk vision. Now, chances are you're never going to be attacked by a mountain lion because those attacks are pretty rare, but they do happen, obviously. Since around the 1990s, 12 people have been killed by mountain lions in North America, but more have been attacked and survived, like the first story we mentioned. As we start to grow and expand our territories as humans, we start to increase the risk of these interactions with mountain lions, so it's especially relevant in areas like Colorado and California, where your house may actually be smack dab in the middle of one or even more territories of these mountain lions. So what are some things that you can do to prevent mountain lion attacks in the first place? Well, if you're at home, you should take your pets indoors at night. And if you're someone who has livestock, make sure you have them in a barn or a covered structure at night. A fence just isn't going to do it if you're in mountain lion territory because they're just going to climb right over the fence. They won't dig under anything, but they'll go over basically anything that's not covered on top. And I read somewhere else that a correctly designed and installed electric fence can also be a good way to protect your livestock. So if they're like out in a big field or something and there's no roof that you can put, you can put an electric fence and that's going to repel them. Now, if you're out on a trail and you're not at home, there's other precautions that you need to take just as a regular practice, whether you see one near you or not. And one thing which kind of sucks, and I'm sure like I love taking our dogs places, but if you're in like heavy mountain lion territory, you should really hesitate before you take them if you're not with like a really big group. So like if you're going out with just you and your dog, be really careful because there's a high risk for mountain lions wanting to eat your animals. So if you have your pet with you, make sure you have them on a leash and don't let them wander off leash up ahead of you because they might get eaten. And if they don't get eaten immediately, they're probably going to like lure the mountain lion back towards you. Also super important, do not hike alone. Always hike with a group. Even with groups of two or more, the chance of a mountain lion attacking significantly drops. They, they're like the kind of apex predator where they really want to find like an easy, isolated prey. So you don't want to put yourself in that kind of position. And if you are in a group, don't lag away from the group. Especially don't let small children run up ahead or let them, you know, get behind everybody else because they're slow. They're small into a mountain lion. They're going to look like super fucking easy prey. You also want to make sure you're staying on actual trails and hike during the day. Because remember, mountain lions are most active at night and at twilight dusk. So anytime like dusk to dawn, it's really not a good time to be out walking in the woods by yourself. So stay on actual trails. Don't crash through the underbrush. Because I mean, if you think about like crashing through the underbrush at night by yourself, it's basically like swimming in the ocean at dusk with like a bleeding stake, you know, because the sharks are just going to come and fucking eat you. And in this case, it's the mountain lions that are just going to come and fucking eat you. So don't make it easy for them. And like you would for a bear, it's the same advice. Be loud on the trail. You could still use a bear bell. You can sing or talk loudly just to let them know where you are because you don't want to surprise an animal, especially something like a mountain lion that's going to rip your face off. 
those are just general precautions that you can take. The advice gets more specific if you've actually spotted a mountain lion on the trail. So if you've seen it and it hasn't seen you yet, obviously don't approach it. Go some other way or get the fuck out. It's just not worth messing with it. And obviously, if you see kittens, don't approach unless you want to be murdered by their mother. So if you've seen it, you want to make sure you pick up any children or any small pets. But this is important. You want to pick them up without bending down. I saw tons of advice online that you should basically never bend down in front of a mountain lion because it may trigger the mountain lion to pounce on you, which you really don't want. That's when it's going to go straight for your fucking head. And make sure the mountain lion has an exit. You don't want to fight a cornered mountain lion. So if you come upon it, it's not hunting you, and it's just fucking pissed and it's backed in a corner, give it an exit. Because if you don't give it another exit, the exit is through you and you don't want that to happen. So the advice in this case is pretty similar to bears, but not identical if you're kind of picturing the flowchart of what you should do with bears, which is brown lie down. Wait, no. Oh my god, my brain. Black fight back, brown lie down, white good night. So this is kind of similar to what you do with like a black bear. So like I said earlier, whatever you do, don't corner it. The mountain lion's going to get desperate and violent really fucking fast if you do that. And don't run away, according to most places. I'll talk about this in a minute. You're going to turn yourself into a prey if you run away like that with like a big target on the back of your head because that's where mountain lions, again, attack their prey. So you want to look big, put your arms up. A lot of places said to unzip your coat, yell. Just make eye contact and make yourself look really big and really fucking mean. So if looking big doesn't work and it decides to attack you, you have to fight back. Lying down will not do anything. They're big animals, they're powerful, but they're not polar bears, so you really do have a fighting chance. Maybe. And if you don't fight, it will eat you, so you have to fucking fight immediately. So if it's attacking you, you're going to want to try to outright kill it if you can, which admittedly is tough to do if you've only got bare hands or even a stick, but you want to do as much as you can to at least tip the balance in your favor. Even if the mountain lion wants to eat you, it also, probably more, doesn't want to fucking die at this moment in time. If you push it far enough into the I'm going to die direction, the mountain lion might decide that you're just not worth it. So I have a really quick anecdote about this, and it was on February 4th, 2019, so pretty recently, a man named Travis Kaufman was trail running when he was attacked by a mountain lion. So he was out by himself in the middle of nowhere. Mountain lion comes up, tries to bite him on the fucking head like they always do. And he fights the mountain lion with it on his head for 10 minutes. And he ultimately ends up strangling it with his bare hands. So it can be done, even if you don't have anything useful on you. Because, I mean, he was out running in the woods. He didn't have anything. But he managed to actually strangle it and kill it. And they later did a uh, necropsy of the mountain lion's body, which is an autopsy for animals. And it was determined that it was most likely a small juvenile male that attacked him. And they say most likely because other predators had eaten a lot of the body by the time park rangers could get back to retrieve it. So it was impossible to like 100% determine the weight or the sex of the dead mountain lion. Now, one thing I want to come back to about running I did find an interesting article in Scientific American that analyzed people's responses to mountain lions and their injury and survival rates. Common wisdom for mountain lions says not to run, but this article concluded that running can work in certain circumstances. For one, you need to be a fast runner, which is not me, so I will not be trying this. Even if you're a fast runner, you also need to have flat ground with no obstacles, which is going to be hard if you're like out in the fucking woods. And this is because running on uneven ground can make it look like you're limping, 
which can make you look more vulnerable and thus make you a more enticing prey for the mountain lion. And remember, you're not going to outrun a mountain lion that wants to catch you. So if you're being hunted, this won't help you. But if you're just like confronting it and you guys are in a, like having an issue on the trail, running away may be an option for you, at least according to this one article. They also found that folks often avoided attacks when they attacked the mountain lion with a stick or the butt of a gun. Again, in this kind of circumstance where you're not being hunted, but there's a confrontation, it's because you're making yourself no longer worth it for the mountain lion. And one final note from that article that I thought was really interesting, and it's definitely worth a read, so I'll link the article and the sources on our website. The worst thing you can do if you're encountering a mountain lion is freeze. Acting aggressive or even running in some circumstances are valid options. Freezing and doing nothing had by far the worst survival rate. Only 26% of people survived confrontations where they froze. So if you're a freezer, try to push past it. And I'm a freezer, so I would definitely have to do that. All in all, though, remember, if you're being attacked by a mountain lion, you have to fight back. It's not like a grizzly where you can play dead until it starts eating you. You have to start fighting back immediately, or it's going to go for the head chomp and you're just fucking finished. Has there been any research done on whether bear spray works on mountain lions? I was going to bring that up later, and I didn't actually talk about this in my, like, what you can do. But I saw specific videos of people actually about to be, like, fucking hunted and eaten by a mountain lion. This guy was running. He fucking whips around. He's got bear spray because he's probably out in the middle of nowhere. Sprays the bear spray at the thing, and it goes away. So I think it's one of those things where, like, if it's not rabbit or whatever... Bear spray is pretty fucking strong. And if you spray that in an animal's eyes, it's not going to want to come after you. I know that for certain animals like crocodiles, alligators, or even pit bulls, one tactic that may work is if you shove your arm down its throat and like push against it. Does that work against a mountain lion too? I honestly don't know because of the fact that when they're hunting you, they're going to grab you by the head. And their jaws just aren't that fucking big. And you're not going to have a chance to shove your arm, probably not, shove your arm down its throat before it bites your head. And once your head's in its mouth, there can't be a lot of extra room in that mouth to then try to, like, reach your hand back and kill it, you know? Like, I think a lot of these people, when they've been attacked by these mountain lions, they're kind of swinging wildly and trying to, like, punch it in the eyes, punch it in the nose. But I'm guessing that the tactic of, like, oh, the bear's going to eat me, so I'm just going to shove my arm down its throat, I can't imagine that that's a scenario that's going to work. But if someone has heard something different, definitely let us know. I guess it goes without saying then that guns probably won't help you in this case, because if it's got your head or your neck, you can't really shoot it. Yeah. I mean, if there were more people in a group, that could help. But again, it's not going to go after a group of people, right? I guess a gun could help you in the scenario in which it's just a confrontation and you're not being hunted. Because there's two main scenarios, right? There's one where it's stalking you, and it's decided it's going to fucking eat you. Not much you can do there. But if you just happen, like a lot of these videos that you see, because obviously if you're alone in the woods and it's hunting you, you don't survive to take the video. But a lot of the videos you see online of people having confrontations with them, it's you're in their territory, they're not seeing you as prey, but there's, there is some kind of a conflict. And in that scenario, you probably could shoot them. Now, it is not legal to shoot them everywhere. Not at all by a long shot. In some areas, it is totally fine. In some areas, it's not. So this is not at all legal advice for what animals you can or cannot shoot wherever you may be. Knowing that humans are only ever, at least in the Americas, we're only ever going to increase our risk of interacting with these animals because we're expanding so much and encroaching on their territory. Is it 
stupid to say that if you're going to go out in the wilderness, like to go on a run or just because you're an outdoorsy kind of person and you know you might have a good chance of brushing up against these mountain lions, I feel like wearing a helmet of some kind, that should help, right? I was actually wondering that. So our dogs got attacked by another dog in the neighborhood and I went full on crazy and they now wear like insane spike collars because dogs, when they attack each other, if they're going for the kill, and this was a vicious dog, they're going to go for the neck. That's just where they go. Like mountain lions will go for the head, dogs should go for the neck and try to shake. So our dogs have spike collars. The whole time we were talking about this episode, I was imagining a helmet, not like a bike helmet, because that's fucking styrofoam, but like a helmet with like spikes on it. I feel like that could do something for a mountain lion, right? I'm sure it would fucking suck to run with that on, but like maybe you could like make it like perforated or something like the metal, but like spikes really do deter predators. Like those like giant sheepdogs that like fucking fight wolves, they have big spikes. Like Anything that's going to like tip the favor and be like, this animal's not fucking worth killing, I think it could work. So we always like to talk about media at the end because, at least for us, we're big movie people. And so a lot of how we like look at the world and think about things is based on what we've seen in movies. So we like to compare like what's in the movie versus what's in real life. And unfortunately, we didn't find a ton of like fictional examples of mountain lions. The one that I did see when I was looking was... I saw a clip when I was just researching of the mountain lion and where the red fern grows. I have so blocked out where the red fern grows from my brain that I don't remember the mountain lion at all. And I couldn't bring myself to watch it in case that's like the scene in where the red fern grows because I just, I couldn't do it. So that is one. And everyone who has a child in elementary school is probably being re-traumatized all over again by that book. But that's one piece of media. The other big thing that we talked about in this episode and we may have mentioned it, was Something Bit Me, which is an, uh, like my favorite TV show of all time. It's Something Bit Me with an exclamation point. It's absolutely one of our favorite shows, and it features episodes with both of the main cases that we talked about today, which was the Ann Yella case and the Travis Kaufman. So that's the woman who was the Marine, and Travis Kaufman was the guy who strangled the cougar who attacked him when he was like running alone on the trails. So if you're interested in hearing their stories directly from them, Go check those episodes out because it's fucking fascinating. It's a really great show. I think it's on like Disney+. Plus. I had one last big discussion point that I thought was something interesting when I was researching. So hunting mountain lions to reduce their population does not help reduce the amount of attacks on humans or pets. Even though a lot of these attacks are happening in areas where the mountain lions are not a protected species because they're, they're like species of like least concern. They're not at all endangered. But the reason that this doesn't help is that when hunters hunt them, they go after the big, impressive-looking mountain lions, like the big 130-pound, like, mature males. And that's because that doesn't work, because those mature males are going to be the really good, established, like, apex predator hunters. They have no interest in hunting people. They're really good at hunting what they're supposed to be hunting. It's the juvenile mountain lions looking for an easy meal because they're not good fucking hunters yet that are going to actually try and eat a person. So when you take out that whole like chunk of mature mountain lions, it's going to give more power and space to the young stupid ones that don't know how to fucking hunt deer yet. And that in turn is going to increase the rate of attacks on humans. So I guess either don't hunt mountain lions or if you're going to hunt them, don't kill the old mature ones even if they're like more impressive and cool looking, 
because you're actually going to increase the rate of the stupid juvenile ones attacking and killing people. All right, that's all we have for mountain lions. I do have one teeny tiny correction from the bridge collapse this episode last week. And we didn't talk a ton about the Tacoma Narrows bridge collapse, but I just did a little bit more research about it after the episode because I was curious. And I know I said that nobody died in the bridge collapse. And it is true that no humans died. But I am so sad that a dog died when the bridge collapsed. So there was a guy in a car and he had his kids, his daughter's three-legged cocker spaniel, who was named Tubby, in the car with him. Tubby's terrified. The guy abandons Tubby in the car. And then another guy tries to get Tubby out of the car. And Tubby's so scared, he fucking bites the guy. And the guy says, fuck it, I'm out, the bridge is collapsing. And then Tubby and Tubby alone collapses and dies in the river. So I think that's so awful. Poor Tubby. So I didn't want to just not say anything about poor Tubby. Because I think that's just so fucking sad. Obviously, he would be dead by now anyway, because it was like 80 fucking years ago. But anyway, Tubby died. And that's it for real for this week. Don't forget that we have a website, inthelabyrinthofdeath.com. You can also reach us on Instagram at inthelabyrinthofdeath. Follow us, leave us a review wherever you listen. If you get a chance, we'd really, really appreciate it. Tell your friends. Tune in next week for yet another episode of In the Labyrinth of Death. In the meantime, send us your near misses with death to inthelabyrinthofdeath at gmail.com. Also, we have stickers on our website at inthelabyrinthofdeath.com slash stickers. So if you want a free sticker, go there. We'll see you all next week. This podcast is researched and presented by enthusiasts, not experts, and is for entertainment purposes only. None of the content you have heard is meant to be taken as legal, medical, financial, survival, or any other kind of advice. Please consult with actual professionals.